Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Marinan, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens. Good morning. Happy 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Wow. Can you believe it? A new year. I can't. I just think it's really, I just really feel like where did 2023 go? Like, honestly, I do feel that way. Yeah, same, same. I, I feel like so much change changed over that year yet it just happened so quickly so yeah oh well here we are 2024 and um we know that astrologically we don't actually have a new astrological year until april sometime this year with the new moon in aries but I think that the next couple of months actually feel like a lot of new is coming which is really cool Absolutely, absolutely, and um, I do feel like there's a little bit of d- a delay on our on our Zoom, so I do apologize to everybody if that comes across. Um, I'm still in the mountains. Um, I'll be leaving. I'll be leaving soon to fly home. But um, if that if there is a bit of a delay there, then I do apologize. Um, but I also think 2024 is just going to be quite a crazy year. It just has that vibe to it for sure. Um, we obviously have a U.S. election year is always mental, um, but we also have 40 countries this year having major elections. So it's really a transitory year into politically and things like that. And I think it's already off to a bit of a crazy start. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the start has been Please list them because before we got on onto recording, you listed them so beautifully. Already, just just let's start off twenty twenty four with a bang with everything that's already happened so far, Claire. We're not even a week in, and there's already just so much stuff. I mean, I'm here in Japan, and there was a really big earthquake in Japan first of January. So fortunately, the area that I'm in up in um, up in the Seco in the mountains is. We weren't affected at all, um, but a lot of areas in Japan were out of power, um, you know, homes destroyed, all of those sorts of things. Then, and um, there was also along the coast, there was also a tsunami and a tsunami warning, all of that kind of stuff. Then day two, 
2nd of January, there was a really bad plane crash, actually, um, at Haneda Airport, so one of the major airports in Tokyo, and um, a JAL flight collided with a smaller airline. That, and the smaller airline was actually a rescue kind of relief airline going out to help victims of the earthquake. And sadly, five people died in that plane collision. So it was really terrible. And then, I don't know, there just seems to be a lot of craziness coming out of the US. There's all of these, you know, Epstein releases and things like that, Epstein document releases. And then there's, um, and then the weirdest one is the Miami thing. Because you're, you're in Florida. And I was just like, what's going on in Florida, guys? There's like aliens oh, yeah. in a shopping mall or something like that. Like huge police presence called out. No news reporting really whatsoever on it, which is always really strange as well. So it's just like, okay, we're off to a weird run, you know? It's it's definitely odd. And yeah, so apparently, you know, big tall beings in a Miami mall. Um, I just... I just don't know. Everything's a little too odd right now. And, you know, it's, it's we kind of were all preparing for uh, already in 2023, there was some wild things with these big shifting energies in the cosmos. I just believe that 2024 is also going to continue to be just a really odd wild year um 2024 you know numerology numerologically for numerology let's say it that way um is a year not only of money and abundance but it's also an, uh, a year for karma which is the uh, cool because i mean when we talk about something like the epstein files being released uh, um, I think that a lot, I just think that it's going to be a year where a lot comes to light, yet at the same time, we've just got to continue remembering what really is reality and what yeah. is something that is just information pieced in a certain way, maybe even AI generated and what actually is real and what isn't so I think that we really spoke about that in 2023 and spoke about preparing for that and I think we're very close to crunch time or or maybe we're already here it's already happening yeah I mean that was kind of my first reaction with the I said to a mutual friend Alex like you know is this even a, like because you guys are in Florida so I was surprised that you kind of hadn't like heard more about it than, I mean, I'm sitting in Japan on the mountains in Japan, you know what I mean? So I was like, it's weird that locally people didn't know anything about it. And I was like, is this just some weird AI viral news story that's like been put out to, to scare the shit out of people, you know, or confuse yeah. people or what have you. And, you know, even if it isn't that, like, I think the point is more that it's very hard to determine what is real and what's not anymore in terms of like news and media and, and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. I think it's just important to be like emotionally disconnected from it. Like, you know, things like Epstein and stuff like that. 
Look, I, I don't know. I'm very cynical about stuff like that. I don't feel um, that we will see justice in, in terms of stuff, in terms of those sorts of things. And I think that um, the information that is released is rarely like full disclosure. It's it's really what they feel that the public is, you know, needs to hear or, or something like that, you know. And I, I do think we really we live in an inverted world and i think that that's going that's really going to be highlighted this year you know in terms of justice like we have a justice system that doesn't provide any justice you know we have healthcare systems that are nothing to do with people's health you know we have political systems we have democracies that are not very democratic you know everything our financial system um, our economic system is so far away from, from reality that, you know, everything is sort of inverted and isn't really fit for purpose. And I think that that's going to be more and more highlighted in 2024. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think that I, I fully agree with that. And I, I feel the shifts are coming and as we'll dive into some today, I think that the great awakening is coming. Or we could say the next one, you know, the next great awakening is most definitely coming. And I think that, you know, Bitcoin and crypto play a really big part in that. I, 100%. I feel like this year, more and more people are starting to awaken and to see how we can potentially change our current economic and financial systems to something that is new that um, provides a new solution for the greater I was about to say the greater good I mean I obviously have mixed feelings about that but it's most definitely for a step forward and then we obviously have to see how everything will will play out and how these new tools are are used yeah, I think that's, you know, I think our um our desire to label everything good and bad and have things so mm. black and white is generally our downfall, like in our personal lives and in our, you know, in um, you know, in in other things as well, in like our political systems or whatever. And again, like the Epstein file. There are a lot of people in there that were awful, did awful, awful things, and they also did good, good, you know, things, right? These people that every that people thought were were something and were actually probably something else. That's very confusing for people because we want to be like, well, that person's good and that person's bad, and not recognize that well, actually, that person's really bad, but they happen to do some good things, or you know, those too much it's too black and white it's too reductive and i think even in the evolution and the transition and crypto is obviously going to play a huge part in this there's also light and dark and many shades of gray within that transition as well and i think we just need to be aware of that yeah yep yep i love that that's very very true and not everything is black and white and i do agree that we're going to start seeing more and more more of us shift into that way of thinking, believing, and understanding rather than constantly having the good and bad, but rather mm -hmm. it's a it's a mix. It's a duality 
of uh, of everything, right? And I think um, also we can kind of reflect just a little bit on the past full moon that we had in Cancer um, and how that all played out. You know, we we did see uh, that that pullback on the day of the full moon. And this is talking obviously now specifically for Bitcoin. We did see that pullback, but still just overall, we saw some just volatility again around um, around that, just that whole period because of that Mercury retrograde. And it was really cool to see Bitcoin take off and break above those previous highs of 2023 as we came into the new year, but really, you know, coming out of just at the end of Mercury retrograde, I do feel like that was, I don't want to say that was it, but I feel like that was just the break that we were looking for. And now I'm very interested to see what is going to happen as we approach this new moon in Capricorn, which is on the 11th of January. But of course, right before that, the day before is the this looming deadline for the spot Bitcoin ETFs on the 10th of, uh, of January. So uh, do you want to talk a little yeah. bit first about this new moon in Capricorn in general? before I dive into some Bitcoin? Sure, because we think, I think, um, you know, a lot of the volatility is around this the ETFs and things like that and people trying to preempt um, all of that kind of stuff. And so I am really glad that we're out of Mercury retrograde and so that there is a little more clarity in terms of communication um, because I obviously Mercury retrograde always leads to confusion in communication and so... I think that it's good that we we have some clarity towards that, but we we'll talk about the ETFs a little, a little bit later. And um, we have this new moon in Capricorn in Bitcoin Six House, so that's really about the way Bitcoin does business. And you know, Bitcoin. By the way, happy birthday, Bitcoin! For a couple of days ago, we're filming this. Oh yeah, we're recording this on the sixth. And happy birthday, Bitcoin, for the third. Like we did celebrate teenager. Like teenager, but um, wow. yeah, and so the, the Bitcoin is a Capricorn, obviously, very much this energy is very much aligned with Bitcoin, Bitcoin's purpose. Um, and um, in the sixth house, the way that Bitcoin does business, and I do feel that very much Capricorn energy of the way Bitcoin does things, it's it has that very much that Capricorn energy. And, you know, it's the first new moon of the year. So it's really a time to like establish the foundation for aspirations, um, for our aspirations for this new year. So we have the Sagittarius new moon, previous new moon was the Sagittarius new moon, which was really a time to start expanding, start dreaming big. And then this new moon in Capricorn is really about setting those intentions to make it happen. So Capricorn is an earth sign. It's associated with structure, practicality, discipline, and ambition. So I I really see, you know, Bitcoin in, in that description. 
and the way that Bitcoin operates in that kind of description with structure, practicality, discipline, and ambition. Um, it's Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, so the planet of structure, responsibility, and also long term, like long term planning, long term thinking. So when the sun and the moon is in Capricorn, and the sun is in Capricorn, it's really a good time for setting long-term goals and making plans for the future. And the new moon is the, a time of meaning, planting seeds, setting intentions. So those really align, you know, at this point. Um, it's a period of potential and new opportunities. So in Capricorn, this new moon is particularly focused on practical and financial goals. So it's a time for planting seeds for future prosperity. But um, the shadow side of Capricorn can be quite stubborn and um, stubborn is the best way to say it, actually. So really being aware that like flexibility is really important and just being flexible with your intentions, like your goals and your, you know, what you want to accomplish this year is an ever evolving process. And so let it be flexible and let it be shaped, you know, as you move forward, you know, you can shift and shape and alter these intentions as you progress. So really some to be able to sort of counterbalance that kind of Capricorn energy is to be able to um, focus and concentrate on the feelings that you wish to cultivate this new year, this coming year. Um, so when you align with how you want to feel, like we all have goals and things that we want to accomplish this year, but when you really lean into, like, why do I want to accomplish these things? Like, it's really about the feeling, like, who am I going to be? How am I going to feel? It's really not about the thing. It's really about how you're going to feel and how you're going to show up in the world. So when you sort of focus on that, um, then the details will kind of like naturally align, you know, um, to that and will, will naturally present themselves and become clear. So in the financial markets, I think this period, you know, Capricorn can be quite conservative financially. So it may, we may see people be conservative, but I think what the Capricorn energy that will really come through in the Bitcoin markets, and we're talking about ETFs and things like that as well, is really the strategic approach to investments. People are really becoming, people, not just people, institutions are really becoming strategic about their approach to Bitcoin. So um, yeah, and really looking at long-term growth, like long-term prospects for Bitcoin, rather than just short-term quick gains like that's more the focus so um yeah focusing on the long-term potential of bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies um and being very strategic on how you approach the bitcoin market in these times i love that i i actually really agree with like i i think and i feel and i see that kind of this like easy money being made through crypto is done 
Like, so I really feel that that energy. I mean, that's not to say that there's more to be made. Absolutely. But just like kind of this idea of a very easy money, you know, millionaires popping overnight immediately with crypto. Like, I just, I don't see that anymore. I do feel like a lot of um, that Capricorn energy that you just spoke about really is coming in to, to crypto, which which obviously has its pros and cons even here. We don't want to just look at the good and the bad. It's just a different, um, but I really do feel that coming in as well. And really looking specifically at Bitcoin around this new moon, you know, like you said, it's happening in the sixth house, in the sixth house, which is about how it does business. And that we can obviously kind of associate with this whole ETF the uh, ETF scenario and what I'm seeing is uh, there's actually quite positive or I can see some aspects that look quite positive and that say hey we really could be having this expansion for Bitcoin so I really see that with Mars uh, being conjunct the natal Mars of Bitcoin it's also got a very beautiful trine with Jupiter, which is in Taurus, the sign of money. So that is really just uh, ready for for expansion. Um, you know, th- those that's kind of like the main positive ones that I see. There are some other little ones here and there, but that's really the sign of like, cool, we're expanding. Obviously, then, of course, we also have the new moon. And that means also the sun that's there and conjunct with the natal sun, which is all about the purpose and growth that we have natal Jupiter quite close there too. So again, just a lot of positive aspects that are heading into the direction of expansion for Bitcoin. However, and speaking of Mars, Mars is also creating a square to the natal moon of Bitcoin. And that's a sign of difficulty making decisions. And I'm really seeing it kind of like, it's, it's a, I just imagine this little kid that wants to like, that is throwing a temper tantrum. And... and so I don't know if that's a sign of like, hey, maybe it's just not ready for the ETF approval. Maybe it's just not going to happen yet. I mean, the stars are aligning for the expansion to happen, but maybe not yet. Or there's something happening in the background that somebody really doesn't want it to happen, but they might push it through anyway. I don't know, like when I really look at the astrology, I do lean towards seeing, yep, it's favorable for an approval, but not a hundred percent. Like I, I still feel like there's maybe like a 20, 30% chance that this just might not happen yet. So Mm -hmm. these tough decisions, whoever needs to make them, uh, I'm sure they're making them in the background and And remember, this is a new moon. Typically, what we do see around a new moon is local tops. It is a new moon in Capricorn. So that that is favorable for Bitcoin. It does look like it will probably move up. But how long is it going to stay there? I I don't know. Will we create new all-time highs? 
I I don't see that happening. And by all-time highs, I don't just mean from 2023. I literally mean all-time highs for Bitcoin. I just don't see it yet. I see that happening more later down the road for end of Q1, maybe start of Q2 for, or yeah, probably Q2 for 2024. Um, so, you know, no financial advice, but personally, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at taking some profit, being taken profit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I also agree with you. I mean, we, again, we talked a couple of episodes ago. I'm not sure which one. I think, feel like it was the previous new moon, actually. We looked at some levels and there were some pretty substantial like order blocks that we just tapped into with this most recent expansion. So we did run into that and then we had a pretty decent pullback um you know after tapping into that so if people didn't listen to that episode go back and listen to that episode because we do give some quite key levels and places to look out for as creating any new all-time highs anytime soon um unless we do have some crazy you know out of the blue um etf approval but from a more grounded perspective, I personally don't think that we will get the approval that soon. I think it will probably be delayed out until March. But I, you know, I could definitely be wrong on that. At the end of the day, none of us know. Yeah. But um, I sort of, I sort of agree with you in that sense that I think we're, we're, you know, Q end of Q one, Q two is really the time around the Bitcoin after the Bitcoin halving. I think is really the time mm. for expansion for Bitcoin. Um, I also agree with you that we have shifted into a different sort of space in terms of Bitcoin and crypto. And I think that it, you know, it's like gone other days that you can just fluke and, you know, do really well. Um, I don't think it's entirely, that's entirely over, but I think that um, having some structure and knowing what you're doing um, is really going to be important in this bull run and i think people are going to going to notice that much more than in previous mm. bull runs because previously you could just throw money at anything and it would go up and really the you know the only skill that you needed to have was to be able to get out of it at a decent time and i just don't think that that is going to fly anymore really you know i think that there you do really need to be paying attention and do know what you're doing to be able to be safe you know and be able to manage risk in these markets um and i so i think we're moving into that space and also in terms of bitcoin as i said in our last episode we are moving into this interesting period of evolution for bitcoin and the thing is is that i think people focus on crypto only in a bull run and then their focus is really on crypto and the altcoins and things like that but if you zoom out there's actually only really a year to a year and a half of out of four years out of the four year cycle that it's even worth holding anything other than Bitcoin. And I'm not even I'm talking just in dollar terms, you know, I'm not even talking from a fundamental perspective, which I really care about, but I'm talking even just in dollar terms. Like if you'd been holding Ethereum for the last two years, you were better off holding Bitcoin, you know, it hasn't outperformed Bitcoin. So there's only really that period, that year to year and a half period in the four year cycle that there is 
you know, that space for expansion. And it's, you know, very normal to switch your portfolio from risk on to risk off during those periods of time. So knowing when to be able to switch into that risk on mode and allocate some of that portfolio to some more growth elements of, of crypto, um, you know, that's, that's what we're, that's what we will be doing in the next, um, in the next couple of months is, is making that sort of shift to risk on, um, which is really funny to say, because previously, like even Bitcoin is considered risk on, you know, in traditional markets, <laughs> but um, we're starting to see that play out now. Um, and, and I think a lot of people forget that, like Bitcoin is actually the, highest performing asset of all time the greatest performing asset of all time and, um, yeah it is it's crazy and um so there, there is that to be focused on as well and I'm not sure if I if I said it to you but I feel like my my biggest sort of fear for Bitcoin is not that it fails like it you know BlackRock and all of these kind of things don't come into a space to, to fail, you know, they come in to dominate and monopolize and, you know, take over basically, yeah. but they don't come in to send it to zero. They don't fail. But my concern now moving forward with Bitcoin is that it will not reach its like purpose, its real purpose, and it will become this sort of only accessible to to elite, you know, people, it will become this asset of the elite, right? And um, because I think that what we're going to see in 2024 for Bitcoin is a push, once the ETFs are approved, is going to be a big push to that's how you access, that's how you get exposure to Bitcoin is through these ETFs. Mm -hmm. And I think there's going to be a push to make it more difficult to self-custody and more inconvenient to self-custody Bitcoin. And so we'll become, you know, to this place where people are just like, like, you know what, I can't be bothered. It's too much of a hassle. I'll just get my exposure to Bitcoin through these ETFs, et cetera. Whereas we kind of know that that is really missing out on a fundamental part of why you want to hold Bitcoin, why Bitcoin is created in the first place. And, also, I do think that the price in dollar terms is going to expand exponentially for Bitcoin this this year, this year 2025 as well. Um, and it will, for the average person, it will become, won't be accessible. Um, it won't be easy to buy Bitcoin itself and self-custody it. And I think that that is a real shame. And I hope that we can like continue the education, but it's sort of like a similar sort of thing to gold. Like if you really believe in the fundamentals of why you want to hold physical gold, it's an effort for you to go and buy physical gold and store physical gold, right? Whereas if you just want exposure to the price fluctuations in dollar terms, it's so much easier to just go through a broker and, you know, buy a contract. And I think we're going to see a similar separation of that. And you'll have these big institutions. And obviously, you know, people who already believe in Bitcoin fundamentals and already hold Bitcoin, um, you know, we we know why we self-custody it, why we choose to, to go through that quote-unquote inconvenience. It's actually not that hard. But... Um, 
you know, I think that we're, we're going to see a lot of that and it will, it will just be sort of um, these like elite entities that will really be self-custodying Bitcoin and the average person, you know, who's not already in Bitcoin, aware of Bitcoin or whatever, maybe gets in in the next five years, in the next cycle or something like that, four or five years, will, you know, just be like, well, it's not really worth me going through the hassle of self-custodying or maybe some countries will even make it illegal for people to privately custody Bitcoin. We don't know. Um, you know, and so they'll just go, you know what, I'll just, I'll just go through these ETFs. Like I'll just, you know, get my broker to do it for me. And um, so I guess that's sort of like my, my bigger fear for Bitcoin is not necessarily failing altogether, but maybe that will, um, you know, just become inaccessible as an option for, you know, everyday people. Yes, 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 yes. I'm here nodding and agreeing with absolutely everything <laughs> that you've said. And I really, I really do believe that this is our last, I, I, I do kind of want to, and I, because I, do, I don't want to spread fear, but I want to like lit, lit the fire under all of you guys and no financial advice, but I do feel like this is the, the last window of opportunity to get your hands on Bitcoin at lower prices in really this Q1 of 2024. Um, you know, we just had, as well as, you know, we actually finally have all the planets direct except for Uranus. Um, Jupiter also just finally went direct again, and that's in Taurus. And that means that Jupiter being in those first degrees of Taurus is over. And typically that's when we saw the like the bottoms where we saw those major pullbacks. Now, again, I do believe that we're going to see, especially in Q1 and also election year. Historically, we actually have black swan in election years, which we've spoken about in previous episodes. Um, and so I, I do think that price will still come back down before it goes up and never to see it again, maybe back at these low prices. So for the average person, I mean, already a Bitcoin at 40,000 is a lot for a lot of people, but that shouldn't um, discourage you from mm -hmm. just getting some Satoshis. Mm -hmm. Get your hands on whatever it is that you can, uh, because I do agree with everything that Claire just said. I, I fully agree with you, and I do think that it is going to become a, a luxury to get your hands on uh on parts of bitcoin even just parts of bitcoins right getting satoshi so um actually with jupiter also going direct again and moving through taurus this is and especially when it's going direct this is also another sign of money in flux because remember taurus is the sign of money uh jupiter is the planet of expansion and so i do see this as another influx of printing coming on up and it's actually yeah. going to align with what I kind of want to talk about today as well with uh, some of the bigger planets that are creating uh, very rare, let's call it a rare phenomenon that we don't see very often. And that also is a sign of hyperinflation coming. Maybe not so much 2024 again, because let's be real, it's an election year. Maybe they don't want to create that much hyperinflation just yet, but possibly coming into 2025, 
um, that's something that we can see. So um, on that note, you know, just yeah. let's let's bring it to some a little bit more positivity. Yay, majority of the planets or all the planets but Uranus are in direct. That's also very rare. Yeah. So it's a good time. We should be feeling good. <laughs> sure. well, I mean, I do feel I feel very positive about this year, honestly. I do. I feel oh, very yeah. positive from this perspective, but I just feel like um like I feel like it's going to be a great year of expansion for Bitcoin and for crypto in general. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun to ride this roller, but it's not straight up. Like that's what I feel. And yeah. also I just think that there's a lot of, I think that's going to, I don't know. I just think there's going to be a lot of weird stuff. You know, we're really in the Aquarian age now, Pluto, which we're going to talk about that is moving into Aquarius. Um, and you know, it's going to be there for a while, quick, brief dip back in, but, um, you know, then, um, yeah. then really is going to be there for like 19 years. And, um, so we are moving into this time where reality is just not what we thought it was. And so yeah. for me, I'm really excited about that because I am a weirdo and I love the weird stuff. Like, you know, I, <laughs> every, the structure is really boring to me, you know? So, I think it's really exciting, but I think it's also going to be very scary for people who are not, um, don't like to ride the waves of change. And they like, mm -hmm. think for people who like things to be the way they've always been, um, I think this is going to be a really uncomfortable couple of years, you know? <laughs> Yes. So on that note, why yep. don't we talk about the outer planets? Because I think this is super interesting mm -hmm. and really exciting and really optimistic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is really exciting. So why I call this kind of like a rare phenomenon? Well, let me explain what's happening. So the outermost planets are Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus, and meaning that they're the furthest out from the earth and so it just takes more time for them to do a full uh loop around where from the earth we see them return back to the uh to the spot that it like started from right and now these planets don't move signs as often as you know the sun the moon mercury venus because these planets are a lot closer to earth so when they do shift signs it's quite rare now on top of that what makes 2024 and 2025 even rarer is that these three planets are shifting signs all within within a two-year period of each other and, and this hasn't happened and it doesn't happen often the last time it happened was in the late 1730s and that's and that's why this like rarity of it says that we call it kind of like this great global collective psychological shift or even like a new direction for humanity evolving and I don't want to focus so much on the 17 or the late 1730s but you know you guys are more than welcome to go and have a look at what was happening in that period but what I'm even just seeing other astrologers really get into and look at is more so the period of the late 1390s, because the late 1390s was another time where this rare phenomenon happened. 
And majority of the astrology actually looks really similar to what we're going through now. And what happened during that time, which I thought was so cool, is the Italian Renaissance. And, you know, in, in Italian, they called it La Rinascita, which it means the rebirth or really like this collective awakening and that's where they saw big again i'm just going to use the word awakenings not even just on learning lip literature art culture but also on banking and uh, the way that they exchanged currencies so that really started in italy and then this movement went and expanded all the way through europe um i believe until the 17th century and this is where they called it the, the the new age it was where we saw that shift from the middle ages to the modern ages so imagine now it's like we're going through it again we're meant to be in the modern ages yet we're shifting to whatever this new age is and you really see it like we were talking about before you know all these odd things that are happening and that are coming to light, is it that they weren't happening before? Or is it just that humans are starting to awaken? And maybe even thanks to something like social media. And again, you know, we are now into the Aquarian age. Technology is going to be a really big theme. Communications, communities, being a togetherness is really these key themes. Maybe it's just that finally we're starting to disperse more information and awaken to more and more. But let me talk about specifically each planet. So Pluto, which actually we have shifting, we saw a little bit of a window of Pluto shifting into Capricorn. And we spoke about this also on a previous episode. We saw it at the start of 2023. But then uh, so that's when it shifted into Aquarius, and then it quickly shifted back into Capricorn. And we're finally having uh, Pluto go back now into Aquarius on the 21st of January. It'll have a little movement again back into Capricorn, but by the end of 2024, it'll be in Aquarius and stay in Aquarius, um, I believe, for, yeah, like 19, 20 years. So we, we this is going to be a significant shift. And this is where I really see this Pluto and Capricorn energy being dissolved. Uh, and, you know, we already started seeing it in 2023. I think 2024 will be even more pivotal where we're shifting from the Capricorn company, corporation, like system of superstructure and hierarchies. And we're really shifting instead to this Aquarian community, technology, sovereignty, the empowerment of individuals, and then togetherness as a community. What really comes to my mind, and maybe because of my crypto mind, it's like a DAO, right? Like a decentralized autonomous mm. organization. And that's what I'm seeing and feeling more and more uh, through this shift. Then we have Uranus, and Uranus is the soon to finally come out of retrograde and go direct in Taurus, again, the sign of money. So that's very important. This is happening on the 27th of January. And that's actually a key date that personally I have marked on my chart. So that's the 27th of January. I do feel like, like that could be a little bit of a shakeup, so potential pullback 
could happen around this time. Again, I repeat, I think because of Jupiter and what I was mentioning before about Jupiter already having passed those first degrees in Taurus, I don't think we're going to see Bitcoin drop again below, uh, you know, that last low around 15K. I feel like that was, I feel like the bottom's in. However, there there still is potential for pullbacks. Um, so that's, so around this 27th of January could be a really key, key time for that. And then it's actually super bullish uh, until 2025, where then, Uranus will start playing in and out between Taurus and Gemini in 2025, mid-2025. And then last but not least, we have Neptune, which has been moving constantly through Pisces. And um, what's so funny about Neptune in Pisces is because this whole Miami with the aliens, I'm like, ugh. This is such a representation of Neptune in Pisces. Um, but again, this is a sign <laughs> of be careful, like pay attention to what's reality and, and what's not. Not saying that it's not real because I just don't know, guys. Um, but I would just really pay attention. And Neptune likes to create, especially in Pisces, likes to create this the, these illusions. So Neptune will be in Pisces until the start of 2025, still being inside of this two-year period, where then Neptune starts to shift into Aries. And again, there, it's going to be a play of Neptune moving in and out between Pisces and Aries until uh, the start of 2026, when then it will be officially in Aries. Now, this is really important because historically, Neptune in Aries is hyperinflation. I believe the years that we've seen something similar, and let me take a look at my notes here. Uh, I believe it was the around the time of 1976 to 1980. So this was a time of hyperinflation. So I feel like this is really great for us to know because it's like, okay, we keep hearing this narrative of, you know, more money needs to be printed out or they're going to print out more money. And the US dollar is inflationary and Bitcoin is deflationary. So I say this with so much love what other signs do you need to understand that the old system is failing? We've got to prepare for hyperinflation. And again, maybe it's only a part Bitcoin. What other assets or safe havens do you have around you that can help you and protect you from this hyperinflation that's to come? So, um, you know, again, astrology doesn't predict the future it's not a hundred percent astrology just is this beautiful language that we've been given that we get to interpret and we just get to receive the information and get the heads up and then act accordingly based on what it is that we see and feel is is correct to come and that's just what we do even as traders as investors we put information together and we see, okay, with this information that I have, what is it that I predict is going to happen so that I can prepare myself accordingly? Yeah. Interesting yeah. times. Mm. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea of a renaissance. It sounds so beautiful and romantic. 
And I think oh, I think cute. we need it. it. It is. It sounds like I think um but it it aligns, I think, as well with like what I don't know, when I look around the world, it like it, you kind of think there's a lot of, you know, not giving a shit vibe is what, you know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. it's very much like people are just doing their own thing, but it feels a little stale and stagnant. And we've sort of forgotten about the the beautiful things of life and the beautiful things of humanity and people. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that when I think of, a, when I think of the Renaissance period, I think of like, you know, really leaning into art and culture and, um, you know, all of those sorts of things, love. And, you know, I hope that we swing back around to that as well. You know, I hope that that is part of this, this new move, this new wave in, um, you know, in this new age. I love that. And I, I do feel that. I really do feel that, especially with like the North Nards. I do feel like from 2025, when even the North Nerd shifts into Pisces, I think that's going to be such a beautiful, like, just connection and love and empathy. And, you know, just, uh, just going back even to like, creativity and fun. And yeah, I really feel that. And, you know, that's what art is. And it kind of also brings me to when people continue to talk about AI right now, when there is a lot of panic mm-hmm. being created around AI. And I choose, I just choose, I made the decision of seeing, hey, instead, what are all, how is this an opportunity for us? I see AI as an mm-hmm. amazing opportunity to give us our time back so that we can have AI do maybe those more mundane things that we just as humans don't have to do. And we get to shift into our higher faculties that we get to maybe go back into writing and using our creativity with paintings and drawings. And like, you know, it's like every time I travel to these older countries, you know, it's like every time I go to Italy and I just see the architecture and I'm like, this is so beautiful. The hundreds of years that it took them to create this beautiful art or like the buildings. And then I do come to countries like America or Australia and I'm like, everything is a box. Like you wanted Mm -hmm. to just create it quickly and make a buck out of it. But where is that like art and beauty? And I, I choose to believe that we are going to have more time to, and maybe it's going to look different, but we do get to have this new period of, uh, like you said, just creativity and love and fun and higher faculties that us human beings have. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've always sort of felt that with AI, like obviously there is a dark side. There definitely is a dark side to it. But I really have, feel like it's a, it's a call for humanity to up level and to lean into that more creative aspect of being human you know rather than just this productive aspect so i i do choose that as well i choose to see that too um and i think that you know in my own life that's how i sort of choose to lean into that too rather than being fearful and being like it's going to program me and take over the world and whatever you know, mm-hmm. I'd rather just 
as like a time to go, well, you know, what can I do that it can't? Like what, you know, and um, like elevate, like you said, into those sort of like higher faculties of being human. Yep. Yep. No, I, I, I fully agree. I'm excited for this the Renaissance period of, uh, of freedom and, and just elevation, you know, that there is a lot of fear. There is a lot of anxiety out there. Um, looking at duality and that there's there's different sides to it and I I really believe that it's just like you get to choose and we get to choose we get to choose as we shift through this collective awakening yeah and it's also a really good indicator like you know your emotions and your feelings are information you know what I mean like that's giving you information so if anybody listening is you know finds themselves in a place of fear around certain things and that's like really good information for you to be like like why am I why am I fearful like what is it exactly that I feel that this represents that's making me fearful and how can I shift out of that into a space of of love and grace and you know really like transmute that fearful and and shift up the scale of consciousness to find sort of a you know a higher vibration of energy as well and exist at that place because I do think that there are kind of you know dark entities that aim to keep humanity in those lower vibrational emotions of fear and greed and anger and um death you know um that kind of stuff so it's it is up to us it is a choice like in the bible it says choose joy and i always thought that that scripture was like ridiculous i was like oh that's great i'll just choose joy like you know what i mean but it's actually <laughs> a command you know like it's like well great obviously if i could do that but it is actually a command it's like no every day you wake up and you go i'm gonna choose joy over fear you know i'm gonna choose love over fear and it's a choice that we can make, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I, I'm going to add this here because lately, um, my husband and I have been reading every morning Proverbs and we mm. chose to read Proverbs because it's all about wisdom. And I was a little thrown off at first because it spoke about the fear of God and fearing God. And I really sat with that. And I was like, you know what this is saying? It's not that we need to fear God, but we've got to step into the fear of anything that we have. Like you just said, Claire, you know, feelings are called to action. So if you fear something, it just means that you don't know about it enough. You know that it's something powerful. And if you don't know it, then you need to step into knowledge. You need to step into <laughs> wisdom. And and I feel like it aligns so much with this age. Like a lot of people are are scared of Bitcoin, of crypto. Yeah, probably because they know that it has a lot of power. So it's about, okay, don't stay in the fear. Step into that call of action and step into going and learning about it and, and becoming understanding with it so that you can step away from that low vibration of the fear and step into the joy, the abundance, the happiness, the gratitude, those higher frequencies. Um, because I felt like that was really what 
it was talking about when you fear God, it just says, cool. I know that he's there. I recognize it and that he's powerful. And I just need to step into knowing and understanding more so that then I can understand at the end of the day, he's love. Mm. And I, I always read, I read those scriptures, like the fear of God is like, it's like a reverence. It's like reverential fear. It's like respect. You know, it's not like, oh my God, I'm so scared of what you're going to do to me. I'm so terrified. It's more like I have this like healthy respect and reverence for your power. You know, that's what I kind of always read into kind of scriptures. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's so cool because I think it's also really about defining words. Our languages have been so shifted and mm-hmm. changed and shaped and we believe that certain words have certain types of feelings and emotions behind it but when you actually go look at them the real definitions it's different so mm-hmm. I love it because these are all Aquarian Aquarian age themes <laughs> yeah um as we step out of the Piscean age so this is perfect yeah about actually going and, and learning and understanding language Oh, so cool. I just want to sit here and nerd out all day and just learn everything, Claire. (laughs) Which is also so Aquarius. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, no, I mean, I love it. I think it's exciting. And I think that we are just like alive at such a cool time in history that there is this, you know, big shift. Like I was even saying to my mom the other day, even compared to if you think about it like when we were kids how different the world was then like we didn't grow up with Mm. smartphones or anything like that you know and you can say it's good or bad negative positive whatever but the fact is is it is and it is different and um you know the, the that's quite a short amount of time to have like the way that we communicate and the way that we operate has changed so much in that short period of time. So it's like now that we're coming into, you know, the astrology of all of this, these shifts and these changes, I just think that it's going to be exponentially faster as well. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. I do think it's speeding up and we feel it. It's really speeding up. Mm. Yeah. Now we do have one other aspect, which is we can end on a positive one with this new moon. We've got trying, um, trying with Uranus retrograde in Taurus. And so the trying aspect is, you know, represents harmony and ease and the planets involved kind of work together s- smoothly. And so you have Uranus, which symbolizes like innovation, technology, and unexpected events. And, um, when it's in retrograde, these energies turn inward, sparking internal changes and revelations. And then you have Taurus, which is associated with wealth, resources, stability, and practicality. So this kind of trine aspect with um, the new moon and Uranus retrograde in Taurus, you know, kind of suggests to us it's a period where innovative yet practical energy can influence the financial markets and Bitcoin. 
So it's a time to really embrace change, which is basically what we've been talking about for this whole podcast, but while also maintaining a focus on stability and long-term growth. So that really sort of spoke to me about Bitcoin. We are going through a big shift in Bitcoin in terms of getting these ETFs approved and things like that. This does change the market dramatically for Bitcoin. Um, it it changes who's involved in Bitcoin, who's invested in Bitcoin really quite dramatically. And, um, you know, whether you think that that's a good thing or a bad thing, there are positives to it. There are negatives to it. The more important thing is to embrace the change and, um, you know, focus on where you sit in that. And so I think my advice for this new moon as well is go back and listen to our previous episode where we kind of outlined the areas that if we do have pullbacks, Bitcoin can pull back to, because that kind of prepares you to just keep an eye on these levels, what how Bitcoin's reacting to these levels. And again, that removes the fear, the uncertainty for you, because you can see, hey, okay, that's actually, that looks like a really scary number to pull back to, but it's actually the 618 level. So that's actually a really healthy retracement. So it gives you that um, comfort and confidence to be able to sort of navigate those levels and watch how it reacts and, um, you know, and know that we're, there's something better on the other side of this for sure. And um, yeah, embrace the change and really stay focused on long-term growth um if that's growth for you just in us dollar terms cool that can be your focus but it can also be you know the focus the long-term focus of um you know bitcoin as an asset scarce asset that you can hold and own outside of the current system and so that can also be a focus if that's what interests you as well yeah I so that. i think that's Probably a good place to end it if you, unless you have anything else as well to add, Corinne. No, that's absolutely perfect. Embrace the change or really make the most of these uh, opportunities that are to come in Q1 and Q2 of 2024. And uh, I'm just excited to, to go through this year together um, because I know we also have a lot coming up with the Bitcoin Zodiac and it's just yeah. going to be a really great year. I really feel it. I'm ready Absolutely. for the, the expansion. For sure. For sure. We have a lot coming up in the coming months of the Bitcoin Zodiac. So definitely stay tuned. We have lots of new and exciting things to launch to support you guys through these kind of wild and crazy changes. So, um, we look forward to you joining us for the rest of 2024 and riding this roller coaster together. So it's all exciting. It's all good. Yes. And with that, happy manifesting and goal setting with this new moon in Capricorn. Absolutely. Happy, happy new year. Happy new moon in Capricorn and um, peace, love and Bitcoin. Peace, love and Bitcoin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of Bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology. This podcast does not offer financial advice, so please make sure you do your own research. And stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper 
and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love, and Bitcoin.